Parenting is hard, but there's help. Welcome to Everyday Parenting with Mary Beth Henry, a licensed marriage and family therapist and parent educator. Everyday Parenting utilizes face-to-face unscripted interviews with real parents, but names have been changed to protect their identities. The Dad Group is back with five new episodes as five dads ask Mary Beth questions about how to parent their kids. We're starting today with Joe, who is returning from the last group. Hi, I'm Joe. I've got two daughters, eight and five. So this is in a non-food related context about what are some tips or suggestions you can provide for me on how to get my daughters, either one, to try different things. And the specific example I had in mind is there was some discussion before we started about softball. Softball is, is something that I've been wanting my older daughter to, because she, she's exhibited some, what I think might be some you know, inherent talents that might translate well into the sport. I've tried introducing the idea to her. And it's just the idea of trying to introduce her to new, different experiences. And that's just you know, the example I had in mind, but it translates to anything else. It's, it's not just sports context. It's at a amusement park, trying a different ride, trying anything that she's not familiar with or not, she's, you know, not used to and getting them to be open about trying other things that I know, you know, after they've done it, it's something that they most likely will like. All right. Uh, Getting children to try new things. And we're not going to go in the food realm tonight. We're just going to go into, let's take softball for an example. Number one, know your children. So if we're talking about Susie or Lily, it doesn't really matter, but you're going to know your child. So if your child's a visual learner, then if you want your child to play soccer, play softball, and you say, let's go sign up for soccer, let's go sign up for softball. If they've never been to a child soccer game or a child softball game, right, or even a professional one, but child, I like to go to the children's one, they have no reference. It's like saying, you're going to go to kindergarten next week. What on earth is kindergarten? They have no idea. Reference. Reference is a huge piece. So if you're interested in your child going to play softball, and this year they didn't sign up for it, and you're thinking, next year I really want them to try this, go this season, find some friends that might be playing, or go to your local city league, take a picnic lunch, dinner, whatever, and sit there and watch and enjoy that with them and show them what it is, first of all. Going back on the staying on the softball topic i have actually tried introducing her some of the ideas of it by showing her the sport on tv showing examples of other people playing it you know at various different levels the collegiate level she has friends who play it and we've tried to get her to go and watch them play she has the equipment we do some of it at home and she's perfectly willing to do it at home it's just the idea of when i introduce the idea hey let's just take this the next step and you know, join a league for it. That's when she'll balk and say, "No, it's okay. I don't. I, I don't want to. I just want to do this at home or something." So, is this a behavior that you've seen a pattern in this child in the past with a lot of things? Does she not like to do things? Let's say when she first learned to walk. I could make something up, but I honestly don't remember. <laughs> okay, let's go into. <laughs> thank you for being honest. Let's go into reading, learning how to read. Is that familiar, more, more familiar? Kind of, sort of? Yeah, I guess. It's the same idea. When she learned how to read, was she one who would love to be read to, but then when she had homework or she was asked to read out loud, she was like, oh, I just can't, I just can't, I just can't redo that, I just don't know how, I don't know how. She almost doubts her abilities. And then 
But when you get her one-on-one and you really find the right moment and you work with her, she's able to pull out words and pull out sentences and really start that process of reading. It wasn't so much the fear of her own abilities. With reading, she actually enjoyed reading. She liked being read to more than reading herself, and I think that's just because of the convenience and ease and or laziness, I should possibly. <laughs> but she just liked you know, it being done for her. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, she's perfectly capable, and she now it takes on more willingness to, and, and desire. She wants to do it on her own, and will do it. But it, it wasn't so much self-doubt. I've seen the self-doubt manifest itself in other areas with her. And that was something that that existed with, like going to the other context of an amusement park ride. There was something that she was afraid of. She wrote it for the very first time, then realized, oh, hey, there's nothing to be scared of. This is great. This is now my new favorite ride. But yet you ask her to try the next one, and it's the exact same thing all over again. It just seems like it's just constant. How do you even get her to take that first step knowing that exactly it will repeat itself just like the previous instance where once she does it, she will like it. There is a level of fear there, and I I understand that. I recognize that with her. She has this fear of either failure or fear of fear itself. You know your child. That's all you need to know. With that, then how do you work through fear? And you're right. She might ride that roller coaster once, and then she gets familiar with that roller coaster because now she gets that. That doesn't correlate then to the next roller coaster because there's no logic there. It's a whole different roller coaster. There's a whole different dynamic. There's a different sound. There's a different, everything's different about it. You think it's the same because you know roller coasters. Roller coasters are roller coasters, but they're really not. They are different. There's different turns. There's different, she doesn't know all that, but you just think it's standard and she should be able to do it. Softball. Let's go back to the softball thing. A sport an instrument, anything your child is not willing to try, right? All we can do is support them in that moment. All we can do is support them, what you're already doing. You're saying, we're practicing at home. She's building up her confidence. She's able to do things. She's able to hit the ball. She's able to catch the ball at home. And, and, we, and we enjoy it. Is that true? You enjoy that activity with her. If you can build off of that and keep on enjoying that moment versus putting the next step on her right away she's still young. It's not like she has this drive where she's saying, I want to be a professional athlete. By eight, this day and age, right, they would be probably signing for college at this point. I mean, I'm joking, but I'm not, because by eight years old, a lot of girls are on, are on tournament teams or in travel teams, and they're going off. Obviously, Susie isn't that child, but I understand that you want her to be involved in sports, and I understand that you want her to be involved in something that she enjoys. So let's find that something. May not be sports, it may not be softball, it might be tennis, it might be an individual sport where she's not playing with a bunch of people who are gonna be watching her. And there's not gonna be fans screaming at her. I'm concerned, I guess this is my own fear then, wanting to expose her or try her at this other sport, whether it's tennis or you know whatever other individual sport, I'm gonna run into the same obstacles where she's not gonna be willing to try it in the first place. How do I get that initial step going? Go. Go to a court with her. Borrow a racket from somebody, a child racket. Go as a family. Take all of you and just go and hit the ball. If she sits there and watches it, fine. But you're exposing her to it. It's the same thing. You're exposing her. If you go to the symphony, you expose her to music. You then get her a chance to try out instruments. If you think music is her thing. What does she like to do? 
Does she like art? Does she like, you're shaking your head yes, she likes art. She does express an interest in a lot of these things. We've exposed her to quite a few things in her relative short life. And to me, it's not an issue of exposure because I think many things, maybe it's overexposure. I've tried to show her so many different things, whether it's live or television, whatever it is. It's the idea of actually doing it herself. That's usually where there's the, the I don't know if it's resistance or the, the hurdle that I'm trying to overcome. So she's familiar with what the event or the activity is. It's when we try to get her, well, would you like to try that yourself? You know, would you like to try that? That's when the hesitation and you know, resistance comes in. That's okay. The idea that she does not passionate about anything or just has this drive, I must do this, I must do that. She's eight years old. She goes to school. She's happy at school. Yes, she is, she's generally happy at school, but there are other issues school-related that I was going to hopefully be able to address later. Well, I need you to address them now because that might tell me what might be going on. If we're having some learning challenges or some social-emotional challenges, then that might be also playing into her ability to make this step and this ability to try and do things that developmentally might be not be able to do it. So the school-related issue is she does fine academically. Her school-related issue actually has to do with she has this recurring problem with boys wanting to play soccer with her at recess. So the school has a limited number of soccer balls available for the kids during recess. She has recently started playing soccer and really enjoys it. So she always will be first out. She'll check out a ball and will want to play her own game. But yet other kids will come by and see, hey, that's the ball. And they all want to run in and join in. And, and she tells them, you know, no, I, no, thank you. I'm trying to play my own game or whatever. And they will just come in. She's very black and white. She, you know, bless her heart. She thinks that everyone, if, if she tells somebody, no, thank you. I would like to play myself. They'll just adhere to what she, respect her wishes, respect her words, and they will leave her alone. But that's not the case. And they'll just come in and they'll play or, you know, someone commandeer maybe the game or something like that. And she gets really upset really frustrated with that and it occurs on an almost daily basis she'll complain to the the school lunch monitor and to them it's not a big enough deal that they'll actually do something about it because no one's getting hurt you've got a limited number of supplies she'll come home tell us about it and when we ask her to express her feelings she'll draw about it and it'll calm her down temporarily but the next day it'll the same thing will repeat again and it just keeps building on it it's so it's, it's a recurring theme with her you know, the school only has limited number of resources in terms of soccer balls per for an entire 100-person second-grade class. When she grabs that ball and checks it out, does she play a game with other children, or is she just playing kicking the ball against the wall with herself? She plays with other children. Primarily, she has a group of friends, these girls, that she wants to... She's been teaching them soccer. She's been, And she wants to play with them. She wants to have her own organized little game. It's just when other people in, get in the way or, or intrude and come into what she's doing, it upsets the balance of what she's trying to do. Oh, boy. Listen to yourself. Listen to what she's saying. Listen to what she's already doing. She has intention. She's got a ball at school. She's organized a game with a bunch of people, a bunch of friends. And when someone wants to come in and tell her how to play something else or want to play something else and it really upsets her balance 
not getting it. I know you're shaking your head. We're thinking. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. I'll say it real quick. She has intention. She's playing a sport. She checks out that ball. She has to really plan that out, number one. She has to get out there, get that ball, have intent, gather friends together that respect her, right? That they get along and they respect her ability to organize a sport. And we're going to stay on the sport thing for a while. Organize a sport, organize it enough that everyone's playing well together. And then another group comes in and says, hey, we want to use that ball. We want to use it to go play, right? And when that happens and she stands up for herself and she calmly says, right, exactly what you said, no, I'm playing with it right now, right? And she thinks with those very civilized words that the other children should adhere to that. They should, they don't. And so she gets frustrated and she gets mad and she gets angry. To relate that same scenario to, you, to your relationship with her. Who are you in that scenario? And I guess I mean I'm just <laughs> she's she's doing she's doing what you want her to do. She's trying something new. She's out there. She's she's using all her skills, her sports skills, her her all those things you want her to do. She's just not doing it with you. She could be sitting on the playground watching the other children play. How would that make you feel knowing that she's doing that? Actually, that wouldn't bother me because if, if that's what she wanted to do, if she wanted to watch other kids playing and doing, if she wanted to sit and watch other kids play in a sport because, it, you know, she's, um, whether she just enjoys being a spectator or it wants to learn more about it before she tries it herself, I, I mean, I don't really have an issue with that. But you do. <laughs> I don't believe it's uh, no. I, because what my concern about I guess what, what's going on at school is not so much that she is maybe I'm trying to better articulate this, the concern and the issue at school it's because she is very black and white in her morals of what's right and wrong so in her mind, what the boys are doing is absolutely wrong, and it, she just can't come to grips with it. It's not so much that, you know, um, the idea of, you know, she's organizing things and things will get ruined. It's because she thinks it's just this black and white, and the things she'll say is what they're doing is wrong. They should be punished. They should be thrown out of school or something. I mean, she goes to real extremes in terms of what she thinks, how she's being harmed by what's going on. The way I see it is that she is actually doing what you want her to do. That's I just want to make that very clear. She's actually at school doing what you absolutely want her to do. You want her to get out there and be involved and try new things. Every day when she goes out there, she's trying a new thing. It might be the repetitive a little bit, but it's a new thing. It's a new game. There's children there. They're playing. There's new attitudes. There's all sorts of things. But then when the boys come in or the other kids, we're not going to say just boys, the other kids come in and say, we want to use that ball, right? Why is that wrong? It's not black and white thinking. She has every right to that ball. 
she's organized a game and she's playing, they can either join her game, right? Or they can get out earlier and get the ball before she does. Maybe I should clarify. Black and white, I'm referring to her mindset of how things are. I don't think it's wrong what the boys are necessarily doing or other kids. I put myself in the point of view of if there's only one ball out there and she's got it, you know, and other people want to play, well, you know, I mean, she should share or find ways to incorporate them into it. From her point of view, it's entirely black and white. I had it first. I'm asking you nicely. That's the end all be all. You should not come anywhere near the game now then. So that's her issue and that's her frustration. That's where I think she has some concerns. But again, going back to your earlier point, and maybe I'm just having a hard time understanding or thinking that what she's doing at school in terms of organizing this game is something new. To me, it's repetition of something she's already familiar with, something she is already comfortable with. It's not like she's going to school and turning that game and making it into rugby then or something or some other sport. I mean, she's just unwilling to do it at home or when I am trying to ask her to do something. Something that she knows she's familiar with and so she's redoing the exact same thing in a different context, in a different area. So that sounds like who she is, truly. That for her is sheer security and she feels confident with that. So going back to the original statement, how can I get her to try new things? Well, she is all about repetition. She is all about repetition over and over and over and over again, and then we can move on. To answer your question back 10 minutes ago about trying new things, it is about repetition with her. So do you feel like, because she seems kind of inflexible, right? So if Susie, so if like she's doing the sport thing, she's done soccer now, she's played in a team, now she knows how to do it. So now she wants to do the same thing and kind of replicate it at school and she wants it that way. So like if you're introducing something new, like softball, she doesn't necessarily know the rules, not like the, the rules of the sport, but like what it's gonna be like at practice, like who's gonna be telling her what to do and all these other things because it's going to be all of these new things. When she finds something comfortable, she likes sticking to it. Do you see how she just really likes once she figures it out, she just wants to stick to that. We've been talking about softball for quite some time, and that was just for an example. My concern and my question wasn't really limited to softball per se. This is, I think, something that I think with her with almost everything. And soccer was actually even something that took, she's eight, took maybe six years to get her to even just try. And once she did, she really enjoyed it. So it's a matter of, is it going to take six years to get her to try anything? I don't know. And that's what I'm trying to get a better idea of and to get a better sense of how to try and lessen the time it takes to expose her to something or get her into something. Placing our own expectation on them. I mean, does it matter if it takes six years for softball or why not? Why? To me, it, it doesn't really matter what the whatever it is that she takes an interest in it doesn't have to be any specific thing you know contrary to the way it may have come off with some of these other examples I'm not really trying to push her in any one direction I'm just trying to expose her to things and I want her to choose herself it's just a matter of I think she has a fear of choosing any one thing at all I mean it's 
you know, maybe it's overexposure back to, to that idea, you know, too many different things and too many options. So she doesn't really, she's overwhelmed and doesn't pick any one. I don't know, but it's just a matter of, I don't see her, eh, this may be me projecting that I don't see her taking an interest in any one thing or really wanting to, to really pursue it. But going back to the soccer example, she is, she's interested in soccer. She's interested in a in a lot of things, right? So then, but but we're trying to impose her own idea on her. I mean, she, she has talents for softball, but it might not be what she wants to do. Because it's not a huge deal if she doesn't try like a roller coaster or whatever, right? Is it the worry that this extrapolates into her spending her entire life doing the same thing over and over again and like missing a whole bunch of experiences because this is her personality? In a way, yes. I mean, it's to simplify things. Yes, it's it's not, again, it's not any one thing that I'm afraid she's not focusing on or doing. I'm kind of generalizing all of this into she's not willing to try anything new. So she lives in her own comfortable little bubble and will not branch out from it. And that's kind of, you know, I guess maybe that's the overall concern. She is trying something new every single day that she gets out of bed, goes to school, in a child's world, that's a lot of new stuff every day. But I think it's a piece of that's kind of lingering with her feeling very much like she is stuck in that realm of, I feel very comfortable with what I can control. I love what I can control. And asking me to try other things, do other things, and keep on bargaining with me and encouraging me, I'm just going to hold on tight to what I believe. I'm going to hold on tight to what I think and you're not going to convince me otherwise. That's where I would like to take that conversation with her and tell her, you don't have to hold on so tight. We're not gonna try to convince you otherwise. We're gonna accept you for who you are right now, and we're not going to change who you are right now. All of this is just coming to grips with my own personal sense of knowing that I'm not going to have a professional athlete as a daughter. <laughs> Thank you, Joe, for finally saying that. But we have Lily. Lily's coming up. All my hopes are there. All, <laughs> all your hopes are there. It, once again, I know, we, we joke. But it is that piece, before we even had children or before we were pregnant with the children or a child, we had these hopes, right? We had these thoughts. We had these dreams. We had these visions of what I was gonna expose my child to and how that child was just gonna grasp onto this and go with it and do all these. And you know what, and some children just go with that. That's their person and some children go with other things and some children watch. There has to be a spectators so that athlete or that professional can have an audience sometimes. It's okay. We all have our ways, we all have our things. I just wanted to tell Joe that in our family, what I've done with the kids or what we've done is basically we let them do what they want to do, kind of in terms of activities, in terms of, you know, extracurricular activities and even watching sports and things like that. Like I turn on the TV, I'm watching the sport. I'm not explaining anything to him unless he asks me. So if he's interested in it, if he cares for it, then he'll ask me and I'll explain it to him. But if he doesn't care to ask or doesn't really care what's on the TV, then it doesn't matter to me. I feel that when we go and try to force it upon them, which I've done in the past, where I'm like, hey, look at that. Hey, look what they're doing. You, you should do that. Then that's when they kind of shut down. And they're like, you know, I don't care about that. 
And that's when I realized like, oh, if he really cares about it, if he really wants it, then he'll ask me. And that's the same with whether it be playing chess or playing a video game or, or whatever it may be. It's something they're interested in. I think that they'll speak up instead of us trying to force it upon them. Like, I just remember when we were kids, my parents did not dictate what I liked and got into. Like, it's very good. It's going to happen very soon if it hasn't happened already. She's just going to start liking things because her friends like it or, you know what I mean? By no means am I trying to imply that I'm trying to force her into any one thing or the other. We went off on this tangent about softball, and that was just bringing it up as an example. I by no means really care one way or the other if she really plays it or not. That was just an example of, of something that she expressed initial interest in, and I exposed her to it, thought there might be something more of it, but yet it hit a roadblock. So, I mean, you can substitute softball for any number of different things, and it's just the idea of exposing them and getting them to try different things. What Tom was trying to say is so true. We feel not just you the general population feel like we have to um, expose our children to so many things. We used to, at that same age, we used to just go play out in the cul-de-sac or the street, throw oranges at each other, and ride our scooters, and the dinner bell would ring and we'd come in, and our parents had no idea what we had done for that eight hours, and really could care less. But we are so attuned to what our kids are doing and how they do it, and we nitpick and we, and we analyze every single thing guilty as charged. We analyze every single thing with her, try backing completely off and just let it go. Let, let any, it don't, 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 I don't say don't expose, but don't say we're going to go try this. We're going to just say, just live, just live your life and let her kind of flow, go along with the flow of the water of the family and see what happens. It'll be interesting. <laughs> I'm just speaking for myself here. I don't think you want her in the end to be motivated to want to do something because you pushed her that way. I can just speak for myself, like I had very strict Asian parents and they were very motivating in maybe the wrong ways, maybe the right ways, whatever. But there was a point I remember when I was in high school or maybe it was early in college and I'm like, I'm not doing this for myself. I don't want her to do anything that I want her because I was forced to take piano for, you know, and I openly hated it. And I don't want that with her as well, too. I want to be able to expose her to something that she will take an interest in that she can foster herself. But my whole idea of it is trying to expose her to something and trying to get her, get her motivated herself. Yeah. So there are things that, I mean, she's, it's just taking the initial step is all I'm asking, about, is all I'm inquiring about. I'm not trying to force her into anything that she doesn't want to do. Because if she says she doesn't want to do it, that's it. We're not going to do it then. My concern and my issue is saying, and this will this will be like a, a, something that she'll, we weren't supposed to go into the food context, but. <laughs> we're not going there, you go, we went there. Try this particular food. I hate it. You've never tried it. How can you hate it? So it's it's that general idea, so. All right, we're on the food issue. <laughs> try this food. I hate it. Okay, go back. Here's the food we're eating today for dinner. We've had this conversation. You know we've had this conversation. Here's the food we're gonna eat tonight. Eat whatever you'd like. Everything on this table is a good option. Enjoy. If she eats all the strawberries, so be it. It's the same thing, the same scenario. 
you're giving her all these opportunities, you're showing her the world, let her now pick from that in her time, in her time. If she wants to eat all the soccer balls at school right now, <laughs> let it be. She's doing something though. She's doing something. Everyday Parenting is produced by me, Teresa Wing. The music you hear on our podcast is courtesy of Stephen Morell. If you have a question for Mary Beth and the Everyday Parenting podcast community, please join us on our Facebook group. Just search for Everyday Parenting Group on Facebook. Also, sponsors are always welcome. Just email us at parentingpodcast at gmail.com. Don't miss our next episode. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And don't forget to take the time out to find us and rate us on iTunes.